Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Know the Faith, Defend the Faith. William Hemsworth here. Great to be with you all again today. Uh, pleased to welcome back our, my guest, our friend, David L. Gray. Uh, David, he's an American Catholic theologian and historian and the president and publisher of St. Dominic's Media. He holds a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration from Central State University and a Master's of Arts in Catholic Theology from Ohio Dominican University. His published work, Inside Prince Hall, Freemasonry predates his conversion to Catholicism. He currently resides in the greater St. Louis area with his wife, Felicia. They're active in the Queen of Peace Catholic community on Scott Air Force Base. David is also an on-air radio personality for the Guadalupe Radio, Guadalupe radio Network and ho is host of the David L. Gray Show, Voicing Truth and Reason, which airs every Wednesday on Guadalupe Radio at 4 p.m. Central. David, welcome back. How are you doing? William Hinsworth, it was a pleasure to be back. Thanks for having me back in. Oh, it's my pleasure, as always. Thank you very much. And want to we're talking about want to talk to you about critical race theory. Last time I had you on, we talked about it, but I had some you know internet fun stuff happen, um, <laughs> to say the least. And so I want to get you back on just to continue that uh, discussion. But before we dive deeper, can you maybe tell our audience again what critical race theory is, maybe how it developed. Ah, okay. Okay. So we can start at the critical race theory, then I go a little bit backwards just to the critical theories themselves. So we would say that the, the, the critical race theory belongs to a family of critical theories. Um, the critical race theory, a lot of people, a lot of people give Derek Bell, who was um, an Ivy League professor credit for this. Um, Derek Bell this is in about the, the late 1960s. And so Derek Bell, he wants to use the critical theory construct to apply it to um, blacks in America, race. So critical race theory. And so what it's doing is applying primarily, essentially one data set, the law, to analyze and to use as a tool to figure out why do blacks seem to be so... Um, uh, disproportionately affected negatively by law and in the systems that depend upon the law. All right. So that's kind of what Derek Bell was looking at. He has, he has some ideas about, um, about racism. He, he's not looking at racism 
as as as, as Christians or Catholic was as a sin. He's looking at racism just as an, an action that affects people. Okay, not something that can be remedied through God in His grace, um, but something that we can fix just by changing the law. Okay, so if you fix the law, you can get rid of racism. Okay, and that we should work towards that. So. That, that was in the late 1960s. So a lot of people after Derek Bell, other professors in the, in the academy, as they would say, start, keep working through this. Seems like a good branch of the critical uh, theory tree. And so it, it develops over time in the universities and academia. Lately, in these last 10 years, we've seen it become more popular. So it starts to trickle down into schools, into corporations, where we see ideas such as the 1619 Project. We see this strange idea that the critical race theory is just some sort of history lesson plan. You hear this a lot with people, oh, they're just teaching a real history, um, the, the, the unfiltered history, they're just teaching that. So this idea that the critical race theory is some sort of history lesson plan to teach children. And so it, 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 it's, it's morphed really into something popular these last 10 years that's a little, that's quite different from what Derek Bell was actually talking about. So the critical theories themselves, these are um, uh, uh, sort of a theory a hypothesis that develops in the 1930s in in, 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 in academies of Frankfurt, Germany, the School of Frankfurt in particular, they're using ideas from Karl Marx and they're using ideas from Freud to sort of um, assess and, and, and think about um, how do different societal constructs um, affect people psychologically. And, and off of that, you have these different social constructs, these critical social theories and critical race theory would be would be one of those. And so all these critical theories, of which there are many, they all have one thing in common, the, the Marxist principle that in the world, there's, you can look at the world in one way, there's the oppressor and there's the victim. These, there's the oppressor and there's the victim. And that's just a basic thing that all critical theories will have and what we see primarily come to life in a critical race theory, which makes it so problematic that, and we see this with all Marxism, all Marxist constructs, that there's always the oppressor and the victim. My Marxism itself, the, the, the victim class was the proletariat, the oppressor was the capitalist, okay? We see it in, in other religious groups, such as say like the Nation of Islam, the victim is the poor black, the oppressor is the white devil. Um, and so we see it in liberation theology as well, black liberation theology as well, with people like um, James H. Cohen, who's AME African Methodist Episcopal preacher who really popularized black liberation theology. And that as well, we see the oppressed group, which is the poor black person, and the oppressor is the white Christian establishment. Um, and, and then, and then, so when we get to the to the critical race theory, we see it again. The victim is the this homogenous group of black people, all who are affected by racism. The oppressor is um, the whites. 
in in a black and um, Black Lives Matter again. The victim is the black people, or the homosexual person, and the oppressor is the police officer, the, the white male heterosexual. So it's just this thing that goes on and on and on. And there's a lot of problems with it as far as from a Catholic perspective. Let's get into that for a moment because I'll be honest, I haven't heard, I know it's been around a while, but I hadn't heard about this thing until last year with, mm-hmm. the, whole, with the whole George Floyd incident. Is that what you think really brought it to the forefront in our culture? Or has it just always been lingering there? Yeah, I think it's always been lingering in academia. Okay. So as these people who are trained in the system starts to you know leave the universities and they become teachers they be they enter um the legal establishments they enter politics i I think it sort of trickles down that way but yeah i think it it really became popular i think with after the death of trayvon martin and with black lives matter i think black lives matter was probably the organization black lives matter is probably on the forefront of really pushing this idea that racism is the most important thing in society is affects all blacks is prevalent society. Um, there's systematic racism in place that's affecting everyone. So I think they're really the, the main ones back when Trayvon Martin, that happened to him, maybe with 2014 or something, when that happened to him, when he died, that it really instigated this, this push that black matter, black lives matter organization was probably most responsible for, and popularizing this popular, this popular version of Derry Bell's critical race theory. Okay. Well, you mentioned the popular version, and I'm sorry to be jumping back and forth. What's different between the popular version that we see today and maybe what was originally promulgated? Yeah, so so Derrick Bell, like I say, he's primarily just looking at the law. He's thinking he's looking at laws that that didn't negatively affect black Americans, Supreme Court ruling suit, Dred Scott. Um, he's looking at things, um, the, the law, but also systems that depend that he would say that the law allows to affect blacks negatively, such as redlining. That would be when um, mortgage companies and banks were discriminating against blacks as far as housing and, and not giving loans to blacks in certain areas or not letting blacks buy in certain certain areas. And, and and so he's looking. He's looking at those things. So that, that's you know we could work there. I, you know my problem with Derek Bell is that he's just using one data set. I don't think you could use one data set to try to figure out everything, right? You think you have to right. apply more data sets. But now today, um, how that thing has diverged from what Derek Bell was doing, which is more more scholarly, right? More more academic, really doing some rigorous looks at the law and, and trying to figure out some things. But now this critical race theory, this idea of racism is really just, just an emotion. It's, it's not critical. It's not objective. It's really just a feeling. And if, 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 really, if you really push these people on the idea of, of, of racism, like show me where systematic racism is today. Um, what, they, 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 what they depend on really is just the idea of critical race theory today that everyone should have a everyone has all black people have a personal story and that their personal story is the truth. So if, if you're a black person and you've experienced something that you consider to be racism, well, that's true. And we should accept that as truth. Right. A, a little while ago, we heard this, 
this mantra, believe all women. Okay. Well, critical race theory is sort of like the same thing, believe all black people, and that their experience, that the, the, what they have experienced is racism without any question to the facts. Now, I accept the fact that people do experience bad people in life. There's, there's always, like I said, I think I said on my, my radio show a little while ago that it doesn't take you long. Maybe you're five years old where you, you're on the playground and for the first time you realize there's some bad people out here. If you didn't yeah. know it before, you figured out that first day on the playground, no, right? And people don't play fair. And, and that's life. You know, it's a sandbox and people don't play fair. And so, yeah, I, I think people, a lot of people may experience racism, prejudice, bigotry, but to immediately with the critical race theory today, uncritically, you know, without any um, inspection, wants to do is is for you to immediately jump to I I just experienced racism. If you're about to get on the elevator and a person on the elevator closed the door, that was racism, right? Or if a person, if you're in the, in, in the gap and the police officer is seems to be following you around, that's racism. He's not doing his job. That's racism. So it's just this immediate jump to these conclusions without any um, consideration of the question um, of what was that racism or any analysis to the fact. And, and so that's what we see. That would be the main, main major distinction between what Derek Bell was doing, which is academic, which is scholarly, versus what we see today, this emotion that, that we're calling racism. Would you say this emotion leads to I don't know, a victimhood status or this jump to being, I'm a victim. And so this has to happen type deal. Yeah. I think we see that a lot. And I, I think that's, I think that's embedded, of course, in all the critical theories, the idea that there, there's a victim class of people. And so you have these agents in society that's always been trying to reinforce this, this victim narrative. And so it's a very dangerous idea that that's being pressed here that the most important thing about you, most and the thing that's most valuable about you is your skin color, right? And it's almost that your skin color is salvific, <laughs> that your skin color can save you because it's the most important thing. And so when you're being harmed because of your skin color, there's someone trying to stop you from, from being you or, or trying to... Um, and impugn you from um, advancing in life just because your skin color alone. And so when we hear people like, and we, and we see this also with, you know, we hear people like Le LeBron James or Michelle Obama, people who don't really don't have to worry about anything, people who oftentimes have police guards, I mean, security following them around, you know, really don't have to worry about anything. You know, advance this notion to other Blacks that, you know, you can't even leave your house without the police might kill you as soon as you leave your house. And, and that black people, we have to worry soon. Every time we leave our house, we have to look in our review mirrors. It's just this constant narrative going around that, that you're the victim because of your skin color. Now as Catholics, how does this fit into Catholic teaching? Well, how does it not fit into Catholic teaching? Let me start there. Yeah, I think the critical race theory is definitely incompatible, right? I think a lot of people would, would say, oh, critical race theory is compatible because da, 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 right? And so they'll look at things that the Catholic Church may have in common with the critical, say, you look at the critical race theory, say, okay, that's, that's compatible. They'll look at things such as the critical race theory would say that race is just a social construct that's not biological. And they would say that um, critical race theory has a prefer 
preferential option for the poor. And as Catholics, we say, well, yeah, we, we can we can accept those things. Both of those things are, are, are true. Um, but that's really just the lowest common denominator, right? Um, and I, I use analogy of um, imagine you know, going on a date with someone and you find out on a date that they're an atheist. And the worst thing about them is not that they're atheists. The worst thing about them perhaps is that they eat cats for breakfast, right? But because you guys have a couple of things in common, you know, you both think Seinfeld is really good sitcom in that, you know, pizza is better with pineapples on top. You decide to marry this person. <laughs> you know, that, that does, that's not how real life works. That's not compatible. You guys have a couple of things in common, but that's not compatibility because right. you don't have the most important things in common. In that case, you don't have this, you don't share the same faith. And so, yeah, and, and so the critical race theory, whatever is true in the critical race theory, the Catholic Church is the fullness of truth, right? As the fullness of truth. Yeah. Whatever is in the critical race theory, okay, we accept it as truth, but we already believe that, so we don't need you. Same as Islam. There may be some things in Islam that we accept as true, some things in Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnessism, but we don't need you for that. Because whatever you accept is true, we already believe that. So we're not going to concede and say a person can be a Jehovah's Witness and a Catholic or believe Jehovah's Witnessism and Catholicism. They're incompatible because they don't share the most important things in common. So for that reason, critical race theory and Catholicism are completely incompatible for the same reason Freemasonry and Catholicism is, you know, I've been on your show talking about that. And so, yeah, so regardless of the fact that we as Catholics see some some things in critical race theory that we're okay with, that doesn't mean that it's compatible with Catholicism. I know you've talked about a couple of the big differences, like the whole Marxism thing. What is What are some of the other big differences between CRT and, let's say, Catholic social teaching or just the church in general? Oh, yeah. So the critical race theory when it's looking at race as being a problem, what does it then see race as, how does it propose to solve it? Well, the critical race theory thinks you solve it through changing legal structures, changing the law. Um, and so that's quite different than what Catholic social teaching or, or Catholic or the Catholic idea of justice. For the Catholic, um, justice is simply defined as rendering the other person their due, right? Rendering the other person their due, right? From the divine perspective, we say, okay, how does, how does God render the other person their due? Or for God, the, the highest, what we're, we're, what we're due um, is we can look at his nature and we say, well, God is love. And so what we're due is love, not because we're owed it, just because that's God's nature. That's what he is. And the highest sign of that, of course, is his son, Jesus Christ. Christ entered the world because God loved the, the world so much that he gave us his only begotten son. So Christ is justice. And we see that on the cross, that the highest expression of love is God desires to give us his son and um, conform us into the image and likeness of him. So when we look into the world, okay, how's so therefore, therefore, how does a Catholic interact in the world um, in Christ? Well, I think we ask the same question. What does the other person do, right? Um, well, they're, they're due Christ. And so how can I bring them Christ? They're due God's love. How do I bring them God's love? 
And so, and this is how our, our approach to Catholic, what we call Catholic social justice, right? We would bring Christ into the world because um, that's the reason why, why Christ came. And, and through that, okay, of course, we would, of course, address temporal needs, you know, uh, clothing, uh, food, and, and shelter. But our main agency, our main duty is to bring Christ into the world so that that person may encounter Christ. And so we see two different things. We see one, the, the church is hoping to lead people into encounters with Christ so that they may be saved, right? Um, most importantly, in the life to come. And then there's the critical race theory that's proposing um, this idea that um, that the, the best we can do for people is to change the, change the law so that we may end racism. And they really, they really believe that, that racism can be ended, which is a strange thing that the idea that you just end the sin through the law. So, and, and, and so how do these things, so, uh, so you have the, the, the Catholic and you have the critical race theory, and perhaps there is some way that we can move forward, both of these um, agencies, as far as one group wants to do something with the law, and the, and the Catholic won't be so opposed to that. Of course, you know, we, we should, the law shouldn't harm people. Right. But when we ask the critical race theories person, okay, what, what law do you change? Right. Cause show me the law that explicitly names that explicitly says anything negative about any race whatsoever. And we can't point to that law, not in 2021. Also in 2021, we can't see one thing where as a black person, there's nothing Name me one place in this country where I can't go, I can't do, or I, I can't, um, or, or work towards. You know, I could be a president of the United States. We've we seen that with Barack Obama. Um, and we see with uh, the vice president now, Kamala Harris. Uh, we see black CEOs, doctors. I mean, there, there doesn't seem to be anything in society today that's preventing, through the law, a black person from doing anything. So the Catholic, we have a lot of questions about, so what is it about the law that we can work with you to, to change because the law should be just. And, and we just don't really see anything there. And so the critical race theory person, they would say, well, it's not necessary. They may concede and say, well, it's not necessarily the law. The law may not mention race, but it's how people apply the law. Okay. Well, that, that's sin. That, I mean, that's okay. Well, there, that, that, that may be, that may be sin there. These may be bad people. They may be biggest they may be prejudiced. Okay, maybe we could work on the people there. Okay, but again, that's that's again that's that's where the role of the church come in. So if they they can see there and say, well, it's not really a legal issue; it's a person issue. Fine, okay. Well, then that's where the agency of the church can come right back in because for the for the, for the Catholic, we believe that we're being called to holiness, and there's more holy people, there's less sin. Right. Okay, so that's that's really where the agency and the church can really come in there. But most importantly, where the critical race theory really really fails, and where the Catholic Church and the Catholic can do a lot of good. They're just really in that, what I call the third house. There's one house, there's the law. The second house is the agencies of the law, the police, the, the lawyers, the people who in, impose law. And there's the third house, the people who are affected by the law. Now, when we look into that third house, the people who are being so-called affected by the law, it turns out we don't really see that they're affected by the law at all, right? Or we're not, they're not really being affected by outside forces, such so as this thing called racism. When we find there, when we really dig into the data, when we just set aside the law for a second, we bring in some other data sets, such as economics, 
um, education, immigration. And when we look into that, that third house, we can see some of the things that's really affecting them is not really being caused by law at all. Oftentimes what we see is poor people um, who have been negatively affected by their situation that they're in. Um, oftentimes um, single mothers, right? For example, you know, single mothers um, who have children um, more than often at, at a higher percentage live in poverty. Um, people who live in poverty oftentimes um, they have a higher percentage of high school dropout rates than others, right? People with, who don't have a high school diploma more than often at a higher percentage do not own a home and they get paid less, right? So, um, and, and so we can look and so there's some things that we can address there. We can address education, helping people get a better education. We can also address the chastity and sexually, sexual um, issues there. We can, the Catholic Church has a, a, a great truth about how to use our human sexuality, right? It's for marriage. Right. So we can address, we can address that. We can, we can talk about fatherhood. We can talk about motherhood. Um, and, and so there's, there's so many things that the Catholic idea can address in that home and that we need to be doing to address each person and helping them develop the, to the few full human potential versus just teaching the people in that house that nothing's your fault. You don't have to take responsibility for your situation. Rather, let's just point to the systems and let's point to the law as being your problem. And so that comes back to your point of victimhood teaching these people that it's not your fault, but it's the fault of others because you're the, you're the victim and those people, they're the oppressors. In our last video, there was a comment in the com box said, you know, critical race theory isn't about us being victims, but saying that we're tired of being victims. So I guess what, what would be your response to that? <laughs> I mean, well, it's, it's not based on fact. It's not- I mean, it's, it's a cute notion, but the critical race theory is, again, is under critical, the family critical theories, they're, made, they're rooted in Marxism. The founders of these critical theories said that they, they called them Western Marxist philosophy. Therefore, there's a, there's a victim class of people and there's oppressors. I appreciate the fact that people want to say that critical race theory isn't that, it's something other, like the person in the comic book said, but it reminds me just like people who were saying, well, um, what they, they were saying about Black Lives Matter, right? That it is is about this, but it's not about that. It, but it's not really. It's really not based in. It's, really, it's not really not based in fact. Why do you think this? I, at least when you go on Twitter, you see a lot of people talking about a lot of Catholics talking about this theory. Why do you think it's so popular among some Catholics? Yeah. Uh, well, the Catholic the Catholics that is, is popular amongst you know William are the same Catholics that Black Lives Matter was popular amongst. Right. Sure. So yeah. the same people who, who are saying, oh, yeah, critical race theory was say people who say Black Lives Matter. It's the same group. I mean, there, there's just some people in the Catholic Church that, that appeals one to Marxist ideas. But there's some, I think, well, you know, good, um, uh, well-meaning people in the church. And I don't intend to use well-meaning as some sort of um, goal that we aspire to. Like I said, well-meaning people go to hell every day. But. I think there are some, you know, people have some good intentions or, or you right. know, think they're doing their best in the Catholic Church that really believe that there's a marginalized group of people who are being negatively affected. Again, I will push back upon that if we include some other data sets. Um, 
you know, I could look at first generation immigrants in this country, poor first generation immigrants, not, not the well-to-do ones that come from China and go to our best universities, but some poor ones who come to this country in their first generation, they do a lot better than a lot of poor black Americans in this country and, and poor people in, in Southern Ohio, poor white people in Southern Ohio, they just, they do better. So I know it's not racism, <laughs> right. but 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 that you know setting that aside, I, th- I think there's some people in the Catholic Church who think there's a, a marginalized group of people in this country who are who are being harmed and negatively affected, and they're they're on the bottom. And I think that's true. I think there's there's always been marginalized people throughout history. Jesus right. encountered many of them, and so um, and so I, I commend those people for for seeing the marginalized people and wanting to do something. I just do not believe that um, racism is the big issue that we're making it out to be. Okay. What do you think we could do as lay people or as a church, I guess, to get the message of the church out in a better way? I don't want to say to combat CRT, but to say that maybe not be the best way to try to fix things. Yeah. I mean, that's been like the Catholic struggle, right? I mean, the Catholic church, I mean, we've had, I mean, we've had the answer to all these things, you know, yep. circa 33 AD. I mean, we've, and I think our, our the liturgy of the church, I think is the answer to, to everything. And I just don't think that for a lot of us, I just don't think Christ in his church is enough. You know, I think for whatever reason, we want to appeal to constructs outside of the church. What's the next cute idea that comes along? And just use that as an, an answer when the answer is just right there in front of us. Mm-hmm. And um, so I know evangelists and, you know, theologians like you, um, you know, that's that's part of your work of, you know, promoting the faith through apologetics and and things like that. And um, I think we just have to do a better job. I don't know what better means but a better job of convincing people that Christ and his church is enough and that, the, the, yeah. you know, Calvary is enough and that it's not these mantras. It's not these things is Christ and Christ crucified is the answer to everything. Well, let's switch years a little bit. And by that note, since you said the liturgy fixes everything, check out David's book, the divine symphony. Okay. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> well, so what have you been up to, David? You've been pretty busy. What do you, what do you have going on in your ministry? Um, man, it does seem like I'm, I'm really busy. So I think last time I was here, I was t- telling you about a book. Right. The St. Donald's Media is putting together, um, you know, cause I, I was, I was really fascinated by so many black Americans coming into or finding tradition, tradition, the traditional Latin mass um, were appealing to that, you know. But then recently, with the, with the moto proto, um, I'm going to go back and see if we can reconsider maybe expanding that to include just not Black Americans, but perhaps all people. So I think there's a story to be told there. When in right now that we have a leadership who has if we just accept that face value, if we just accept that face value, what he said in his letter, guardians of tradition, that, you know, he's heard a lot of negative things, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we should do our job to tell a positive story, right? 
because I think there's another story of perhaps all these people out here who are very anti Norvis Ordo and do say bad things. And, you know, there is some elitism and there is this, this, you know, this, this different um, path that's out there. But I think we really need to do a better job of telling the story, how, how there's, there's a, there's some good news about how good the traditional Latin mass has been to families and how mm-hmm. families are attracted to it, how it's really saved families in, in that, in, in their life. So I think we're going to go back and revisit that book and perhaps going to include a lot of stories from different people. Okay. And then of course you have your radio show Wednesday afternoons. Um, where can they check yeah. that out? The David L. Grace show, Voicing Truth and Reason. So yeah, Guadalupe Red Network every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Like you said, we're talking about everything. We're talking about the faith. We're talking about Dominican spirituality. We're talking about donuts and bourbon. Um, what's going on in the church right now? And so um, that's usually the first half of the show. I usually do a monologue, right, on something interesting. Then the second half of the show, I have people on. You were on the show. You were telling your, your conversion story. So that was good. So, so yeah. So, yeah, tune in to that. Great. And again, thank you very much for having me on. It was a lot of fun. And thank you for coming on the show today to talk about critical race theory. Where can, where can our listeners learn more about you and maybe send you a message or your website? Yeah. So that's David L. Gray, that info, D-A-V-I-D-L-G-R-A-Y dot I-N-F-O. Just find me there. And that's a jumping off point. So everything else I'm doing on social media. All right, David, thank you very much. God bless you. Thanks, William. All right. Take care. This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you.